Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. If you are a faithful steward of God's resources, you know that God requires the first fruits of our increase. Tithing is a critical aspect of stewardship, but the question is, how are you managing the 90% God entrusts to you? Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to teach on this subject. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Then thirdly, we will not neglect the house of the Lord. Saints are negligent when they fail to give God the first portion which belongs to him, resulting in the kingdom of God and the house of God being neglected. God holds his people responsible for making sure that nothing is left undone in his church. In other words, we don't support the church by selling chicken dinners, um, car washes and, 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 and all this kind of gimmicks and stuff. No, we bring that which God has blessed us with to the Lord's house and God will have more than enough to do what needs to be done. The days are gone where you have to go run, catch the chicken, pluck the chicken, fry the chicken, put some rice and gravy with it and some string beans and then sell the plate for $5. What are you doing? It is easier to give God what is his off the top to the glory of God. There are some churches, they march around to give, you know, and how many of y'all seen churches do that? You know, you march around. Oh, we grew up in that tradition and everybody march around and they prance around the music is going to give. But just because a person march around don't mean they're going to give. You can sit right in that seat and give if your heart is right. Marching ought not move you to give. You ought to give because God's been good to you. There was a time in yesteryear where even what people gave were even on the program. You could even see, now that was nobody's business, what you give between you and God. But even on the program in the old traditional black church, they had what people gave on the program, which I thought was nobody's business, but between them and God. How many of y'all have seen that before? Raise your hand. You see, I'm not lying. You see, I'm just telling you like it. It used to be that way. And then in some churches, they have three and four offerings and they go, and they go round and round. And you know what? I don't care how many offerings you have, you can't out strategize people. They'll take that dollar and put it, four offerings, four quarters. And four quarters equal one dollar. <laughs> and if, and you, you pass the basket four times and all you got is a dollar. See, it's not, it's not how many times you pass the basket, it's what's in the heart that counts to the glory of God. You don't have to browbeat, you don't have to scare folk, you don't have to threaten folk, you just say what the words say because spiritually mature people will do spiritually mature things to the glory of Almighty God. God holds his people responsible for making sure that nothing is left undone in his church. The Lord requires his people to financially support the ongoing work of ministry to advance the kingdom of God on earth through tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings today are given by God's people to ensure that 
The pastor and his family, administrative staff, along with local and foreign missions, benevolence, youth ministry, disaster relief, building expansion, widows, orphans, the poor, the jail ministry, and all these other ministries, the needs of all these ministries, global ministry, uh, local ministries, all are done through tithes and offering to the glory of God. Nobody give us anything free simply because we're church. Everything costs as it costs in your own home. Amen. Malachi 3.10b says that there may be food in my house, that there may be food in my house. Verse 3.10b, the tithes brought to the temple supplied food for the Levites and priests. Since the priests owned no land, they were cared for from the proceeds from the temple. And when Israel failed to keep the command of tithing, the priests suffered. Their basic needs were not met which became a distraction to the ministry God called them to, which resulted in their having to go outside the temple to work to make ends meet. Uh, And I believe that every pastor ought to have a skill set because you can be here today and not here tomorrow, and you need to be able to take care of your family. In the early days of this church, when we were in the YMCA building, the little one room with just a handful of people, uh, we didn't have anything. My kids were just very little. I had to work in the school system. I taught by trade, and my wife uh, worked outside, and we did that a number of years until the church got to the point where they could support us uh, full time. But people see where you are. But there were times we had so little that every tree we had in our backyard had to bear fruit. We had a pear tree. We had a peach tree. We had plum tree. We had a garden. We had cucumbers and tomatoes and greens and all kinds of things to help support us during those lean days. But we loved the Lord and we pre- I was bivocational, which meant that I worked a job and did the work of the ministry simultaneously until God got the church to the point where we didn't have to go to that extent anymore because of the um, in, in intensity of the ministry and all the things that that's required of me here. My friend, when the church fails to bring the Lord's portion into his house, the ministry struggle, there will be layoffs in the church, cutbacks in staff, salaries, and even pastors having to work outside the church to meet the needs of their families, which becomes a distraction to the gospel. 10C says, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. He says, try me. When, when the Lord says, and try me now in this, he was saying, since you Israelites doubt that I'm a come through God who rewards those who obey my word, then put me to the test and you will see that I am a God who does not lie and will bless faithfulness and obedience. Uh, Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Uh, Verse 10 also says, if I will not open for you, he's talking about you, the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it in your life. The verse says, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. Notice that God did not say he would crack the window, but he would 
open the window. He opens a window for abundance of blessings to be flowed in. This is a reference to the pouring out of an abundance of miraculous divine provisions and blessings in such immeasurable portions to the point that your life cannot contain the blessings that God has for you. Beloved, opening the floodgates of heaven and the showering of blessings is contingent upon the faithful obedience of God's people. The scripture also says in Luke 6, 38, Given it shall be given, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you again. In other words, listen, my friend, how do you beat that? In other words, you can't beat God's giving, you cannot outgive God. What blessings come from tithing? What blessings come from tithing? Do you realize tithers are blessed? Let me give you a few of the blessings that come from tithing. Number one, it reminds us that God is sovereign over our resources. It is God who bless you with what you have, and he has a right to do it with whatever he decides to do his way. He owns it all. He's sovereign over it all. He owns it all. And these are his resources. And when we give, uh, God is reminding us that he owns it all. Number two, God gives us wisdom in money management. When you tithe, God gives you the wisdom to handle the finances and the blessings, the cars and the investments and all the other things you have. You need wisdom in how to manage that. Uh, you don't just do it nonchalantly. Uh, number three, God's money lasts longer when you honor him first. How many of you want monies that come into your, into your possessions to last longer? I know I do. Well, do things his way and not your way. God's money lasts longer when you tithe. Number four, God keeps his promise of provision. In other words, he may not give you all you want, but he will give you all you need. He's a God who provides. Number five, God keeps his promise of protection. How many of you have been in a car wreck and you've walked out of it? How many of you have been on an operating table and God heals you? Uh, how many of you fell, but God raised you up? How many of you had setbacks in your life? How many of you have gone through all kind of divorces and betrayals and all kind of things happened, and yet somehow, some way, God delivered you, he emancipated uh, you, uh, you, and he, pro he, he protected you, even from your enemy. What blessings come from tithing? It allows the church to do more ministry to the glory of Christ, to do more ministry. The devil is busy. It takes money to do the Lord's work, the Lord's way. Number seven, it increases our faith. When you give, your faith is increased. Your faith is strengthened when you give. Uh, uh, when you tithe, it matures you spiritually. Spiritually mature people will give without reservation. We give without grunting and moaning and groaning. There's a, you give with a deep sense of liberality, deep sense of generosity. It's a sign that you're growing spiritually when you have no problem giving God what belongs to him. Uh, number nine, it cultivates a spirit of generosity. Giving breaks stinginess. If you want to break your stinginess, start being generous and, and, and when every time you're tempted to say, I'm not going to do that, do 
Don't go by your feelings or your flesh. Do what the word says do, and you find yourself becoming more and more generous. And number 10, joy comes as a result of tithing. That there's a joy in giving to God. And God takes delight when you bless him because you are recognizing that he owns it all. Verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of the ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. In verse 11, God pronounces blessings upon those who are faithful in keeping the biblical principle of tithing. However, be warned, tithing does not exempt you from divine chastening if you are rebellious and violate the word of God in other areas of your life. Some people say, well, I can tithe, but I can just be an alcoholic. I can gamble. I can uh, sleep around with somebody that's not my wife or husband. No, 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 no. Tithing does not exempt you from divine chastening. Just because you give don't exempt you from divine whoopings if you are sinning in other areas of your life. In the, in the passage, the phrase uh, says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, was important to Israel because she was an agrarian society. The Lord said that he would keep the locusts and other insects, drought, famine, and plagues from destroying the crop from the ground, uh, which would result in bringing forth an overflowing harvest. He said, I will rebuke the devourer. In other words, I will not let the insects and pestilence and famine, even though in those times I will prosper you and I will keep you and I will take care of you. And listen, I'm going to tell you all something. Don't you be worried about the economy and don't you be worried about the elections and don't you be worried about who's in charge. Don't worry. Don't sit here and worry about the stock market. Don't be worried about all these. There's enough stuff out there to worry you to death. You keep your eyes on Jesus and you take comfort that God will take care of you. Why don't y'all say amen? No president's going to take care of you. No senator, no congressman, no Supreme Court, no mayor, no anybody's going to. It is God and not the government who takes care of you. Why don't y'all say amen? Say uh, God's blessings are not restricted to uh, a financial uh, increase. Uh, God may choose to bless you with good health. Uh, God may bless you with a better quality of life. Sometimes you give money. So if I give God this, he's going to give me. If I give God $100, he'll give me $200. If I give God $5,000, he's going to give me ten. No, you don't do God like that. God doesn't operate like that. God is not a stock market. Okay? God may, in return of what you have done to him, bless you with good health. Man, that goes a long ways. What is money and you've lost your mind? Huh? You lost your mind. You don't even know your name. You know, he may, he, he may bless you with strength. He may give you courage. I mean, I tell you what, I'd rather have wisdom. Because if you got money and don't have wisdom to handle the money, you still broke. Uh, keep my mind. Uh, give me a breakthrough in relationship with my child, my in-laws, my siblings. All these things need to be considered. Satan will not consume you with trouble and betrayal and enemies and past failures when you honor God first. In other words, God will prosper you when all odds are against you. Beloved, do you not know if God were to reveal to us all the things that could have devoured us that the protective hand of God held back? We would be overwhelmed and paralyzed by shock. There's so much God has kept back from us and we don't have a clue. 
that God has held those things back and we walk around as if <laughs> we got it all together. God's divine protection and covering comes upon those who are obedient and faithful to him. Uh, verse 12, and all nations will call you blessed and you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. If Israel would heed God's warning through the prophet Malachi, she would be an object lesson of God's divine grace and blessings to the surrounding nations so that when they saw the prosperity of Israel because of her obedience to God, they would call her blessed. And even today, uh, the blessings of God are showered upon God's children because of our obedience to him. Those who take notice will say they are blessed and highly favored. When you are living right and you are a person of integrity and you are a hardworking man or woman, you don't have to be ashamed of your blessing. You receive what God gives you. Amen. Amen. You know, we live in a day where people are ashamed or they have deep reservations about sharing the good things that God has done for them or, or doing in their life. Many have testimonies, but they're afraid to share them because of the spirit of jealousy or being judged. Listen, uh, we are to rejoice with those who are being blessed. That's right. That's right. Somebody get a better house. And by the way, there will always be somebody that will have a better house than you making more money than you. There'll always be somebody a little bit smarter than you. But on the other side, there will always be somebody driving something a little less than you. They're not living as well as you, not as educated as you, you know, so just be thankful for where you are in life. That's right. Amen. And don't be ashamed. Don't feel like you got to make excuses for what God has blessed you with. Well, I got this because no, just say God's been good. You don't owe people 105 reasons why God blessed you the way he did. Jealousy is a very horrible thing. And a spirit of jealousy can wipe a family out, can wipe husbands and wives out, and it will just eat you like cancer. What should be our kingdom perspective when giving to the Lord? What should be our kingdom perspective when giving to the Lord? Number one, it is impossible to give to God it is impossible to give God his portion first until you have first given yourself to the Lord. You will not honor God with that which belongs to him until you first give yourself to the Lord. And when we tithe, we put him first. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse five says, and not only as we had hope, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. You see, if you don't give yourself to the Lord, then the car is not the Lord's car, it's your car. That's not the Lord's house, it's your house. It's your house. It's not, it's not the Lord's money, it's your money. You know, everything is, 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 uh, is, is, your, is yours. Uh, but, 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 but when you know God's been good to you, you say, it's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. Oh, I haven't said this a lot of time. Uh, I didn't say this first, sir, but you know, there's an old, um, uh, man, this old story called Shouting, Shouting John. Y'all know about Shouting John? You remember Shouting John? I tell you, let me just tell y'all, some of y'all know about Shouting John. Uh, every, Shouting John would, um, uh, uh, every time he came to church, he just shout, oh, oh, God, thank you, Jesus. I mean, he just shout, hold his hand up, stand up, waving and, and all that kind of stuff. And people just wish he, wish Shouting John would just sit down somewhere. They get tired of that. Shouting John making too much noise. They don't, it don't take all that to wish of God. I wish he shut up. He disturbing the message. 
So somebody had the audacity to tell Shout John after uh, they saw him in the neighborhood, uh, Shout John, what? Why are you shouting so much? Every time you just shout, you don't give anybody else a chance to shout because you shouting. <laughs> shouting John looked at him, all snag a tooth and everything. He said, in the overhauls, he said, you see that, that big lady up there on the porch? He, they said, yeah. The Lord gave her to me. You see them 10 children around her legs on that porch and on the yard? The Lord gave her to me. You see them collard greens over there that's growing up? The, the Lord gave it to me. You see those mules over there that I've been working the field with? The Lord gave it to me. I tell you what, just hold my reins. I feel my shouting coming on. I'm finna shout some more. And he started shouting all out in the field. Oh, just shouting all over the field. Listen, when God's been good to you, you can't contain yourself. You shout to the glory of God for who he is because you know who God has been to you and what God has done for you. We ought to have some shouting Johns in the house. Do we have some shouting Johns in the house? When you've seen God make ways out of no ways, when you've seen God heal your body, when you've seen God raise you up, when you've seen God deliver you out of trouble, when you've seen God make ways out of no way, tell me what God won't do. It's no secret what God won't do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. We need some shouting jars in the house. In the house, we need some shouting jars. God being good. He's been too good. He's been better than we deserve. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Number two, when we give the Lord his portion first, we are acknowledging that everything in our possession belongs to God. When you give to him first, you're acknowledging that everything in your possession belongs to God and he is our only source of provision. That's right. It's not mother nature. It's not this. It's not that. It's not some idol. It's not, not some fairy tale, mythical something. It's God who provides. Uh, Exodus 34, 26a says, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. Exodus 19, 5 also says, now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. Listen to this. For all the earth is mine. For all the earth is mine. That yard is God. That grass is God. The shingles on the roof is God. The sheep rock is God. The cats God. Dogs God. The dog food belongs to God. Every, the glasses belong to God. The lipstick is God. <laughs> Everything belongs to God. The hair belongs to God. The cream belongs to God, the lotion, the soap, the shower gel, everything belongs to God. The toilet flushing belongs to God. That's right, the running of hot water belongs to God. The, 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 the clean water belongs to God. It's all God's, my friend. It's all God. Number three, when we trust God by faith and tithe, we will discover that God will do more with the 90% than the 100% that many Christians keep for themselves. Ask yourself this question. Ask yourself this question. Would you be worse off or better off if you were generous to God? Would you be worse off or better off if you were generous to God? What a question. 
You need to write that down. Would you be worse off or better off if you were generous to God? Malachi 3.10a says, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it, you would be better off, my friend. Number four, tithing is not where you stop, it's where you begin. It's not where you stop, it's where you begin. A mature Christian will not restrict God to 10% any more than he wants his own salary limited to the same amount for the next 20 years. In the New Testament, grace giving goes beyond 10% because of our love and gratitude to Christ. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. And that prospering could go well beyond 10%, that there be no collection when I come. Tithing is not where you stop, it's where you begin. Number five, no one is exempt from giving to God. No one. Now, people exempt themselves, but the truth be told, no one is exempt from giving to God. And, you know, and it's, you know what's a shame is when a pagan or unbeliever or someone who don't even know the Lord outgive Christians. I mean, they, they don't know God, but, they, but they're generous givers and don't have a relationship with God and still going to hell because they don't know Jesus. You know Jesus you on your way to heaven, and then you turn around and rob him. No one is exempt from giving to God. The widow in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44, far exceeded the tithe when she gave, for she gave all she had. It reads, the passage reads, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money, many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him. Come here, Matthew. Come here, John. Come here, James. Y'all, y'all. Come here, Thomas. Y'all come here. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this little widow. This little poor widow. I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part out of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. She gave all, even though poor. Is God saying to you today to give all? No, but he's asking you and encouraging you from the scripture and commanding you to honor him with the first portion and then you live on the rest. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit MaranathaSA.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. And if you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund. Thank you very much for your generosity.